You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 249. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 249. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Shame on you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Always a little Scorpio hit. Oh, God, just a little bit of a Scorpio a over there. a little bit Scorpio. Oh, my goodness. Welcome to the show, everybody. We are thrilled to have you here for another edition of the Joy Junkie Show. Hello, pod people. Accompanied Pod-ups. by the voice of the people, Mr. Smith himself. That's right. The voice and the eyebrow. <laughs> I love that you named yourself that after <laughs> not very long on the pod. You're like, I'm the voice of I'm the I'm the people. voice of the people. <laughs> I, I I say what needs to be said for them. That's right. That's right. You keep me out of woo-woo territory. You guys channel me. Yeah, exactly. All right. So today we are going to be talking about how to stop putting everybody else before yourself without being an asshole. Oh, I see. Do you see? I see. Because... I don't see an asshole, hopefully. You don't see an asshole? No. Okay, no. that's good news. Yeah, that's good news. Wow. This is tanking. <laughs> this is tanking. Tainting? <laughs> or tanking. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. Oh my god, Mr. Smith. I can't with you. I can't. Yes, I can. I know. Yeah, and can. I will. And, and I most will. Most likely you will. All right, let's ro- right. Ro- let's rope it in. <sighs> rope and die. Wow. Rope and die. Welcome to the show, everyone. <laughs> we hope that you're still here. And <laughs> we're gonna talk about this concept where we seem to think that it's so noble to sacrifice and to give and give and give and extend ourselves and say yes to everybody else and everything else at a severe cost to ourselves. It's emotionally expensive. and Emotionally expensive. I like that. Isn't that a great terminology? Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk about six specific ways that you can stop doing this, stop constantly putting everybody else first. And don't worry, you're not going to be a dick. You're not going to all of a sudden lose all your friendships. You're not going to not be there for your kids or anything like that. But we're going to start creating a little bit more balance. So this is for you if you have felt pulled and worn thin, burning the candle at both ends, my mom would always say, where you feel like it's this person's agenda or we're rushing to take care of the kids here or it's my boss's agenda over here and you are feeling radically depleted, coming up empty. This is for you because there's the chance that you're making everyone else more important than yourself. So stay Mm. tuned because I'm going to give you six specific ways to go about that. But as you know, we've got to, we got to shake shit up first. That's right. We do this little segment. I think it's called... Would you rather? Yeah, the would you rather. And today's would you rather is, would you rather your clothes always be two sizes too big or one size too small? 
like big baggy clothes or a little bit too tight? God. It, oh, my goodness. That's a tough one for me. It's pretty easy for me. You don't want to see me in skinny. I don't want to see you in tight clothes. You really don't want to see me there in There was a time in 1997 or 98 where Mr. Smith came to, it was the job we met, work, it was the place we were working at where we met each other. Guadalajara's. Guadalajara's. That's it was right. Halloween. Mexican cuisine. And you were to wear oh, that's right. a Halloween costume, so he busts out his flight suit from the Air Force. Back in the day, yeah. That he had joined when he was 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Significantly smaller stature. Yeah. I remember like some knickers happening and some some definite definite like package issues. Happening. Oh yeah, there was there was definitely some moose knuckle. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but fuck it. We have explicit content. Whatever. (laughs) Why not? That's a funny fucking term. (laughs) Okay. So I... Okay. So do I want too small of clothes? Okay. One size too small. Yeah. Or two sizes too big. I think I'm going to go with the two sizes too big. Yeah, I would. Just for comfort. It's it's a comfort thing. Yeah. It definitely. Although I think about it and I'm like, God, that'll suck. Like when you, I mean, can you imagine being in a formal gown that was two sizes too big? Like a fancy situation. I mean, obviously I'm not doing that very often. <laughs> oh, like a, like a. Or a bathing di- suit. A dinner dress or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Or does it or mean like- your shoes too? Well, no, clothes. Just clothes. Yeah, okay. clothes. I love watching your mind work about like the, the parameters and the loopholes. Yeah, yeah. I think I would definitely go for for the large larger outfits. Yeah, I think I would too. Can I belt it up or anything? Like, can I add some pieces of flair? You can flare, of course. Oh, thank God. Then for sure that. But yeah, you'll still be baggy. I wonder who would pick smaller. I don't know. I don't Unless know. you're... I know a lot of people that do. I see them around town. All the time. I see people who do it already. Yeah, I see. that's that's kind and of. And you what... walk by and you're like, I know what you would rather. <laughs> <laughs> that's what led me to this. Would you rather? Oh was, my gosh! Uh... Inspired by the people. Oh my goodness! So we would love to hear <laughs> what you would rather, and we talk about it every single week in the Joy Junkie After Hours Club over on Facebook. If you haven't joined us over there, I highly suggest that you do so. We talk about would you rathers. We talk about the biggest takeaways, learnings from each podcast episode. We do warm, fuzzy Wednesdays. And then on Thursdays, I do Q and Slay videos. And those are private Q&A sessions that I answer questions for people in that community. So if you've got specific issues you would love to hear us sound off on, Come over to the After Hours Club and hang out. You never disappoint. I got it. You got to get it in there. You really, now I kind of like, I want to pause. If you don't do it, I'm like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Where, where's the whisper? I mean, we were going to make, we were gonna make something for Darlene to splice in, and it's like, we don't even need it. Don't because even need you're it. on it every single time. Yeah. I digress. <laughs> so, this whole thing has been a digression. I know. Go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. That will redirect you right over to the Facebook group. And you can come hang out with us totally free, super exclusive, and totally inclusive. Ooh. Lots of fun stuff. Nice. Let's get into our topic for today. What do you say? Let's do it. 
Let's see, let's learn how to not be an asshole. Yes, let's learn how to not be an asshole. How to stop putting everyone before yourself without being a dick, right? This is one of the reasons why I talk so much about speaking up for yourself without being a dick is because we collapse this idea that if I speak up for myself or if I decline an invite, like say no to somebody, then I'm a bad person mm. or I'm inflicting pain or I deserve- or you're not showing up. Exactly. Or, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. So we say things like, I feel bad and I feel guilty when you've done nothing wrong. You're only taking care of yourself. Hmm. But what we do is we place so much energy and effort and attention on everybody else and we make it our responsibility to tend to everyone else. Now, there is some leeway here, right? Because obviously your children do depend on you in a lot of ways. You probably have a partner who depends on you in some approximation and vice versa. What I'm talking about is when we have given all of it so the idea of our kind of proverbial bucket is no longer being filled because we are so depleted because we are giving, 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 giving to every single other person besides ourselves. Yes. Okay. So it's not about an absolution like, okay, kick everybody to the curb and now only take care of yourself. We're not talking about that. We're just talking about creating an element of balance here in some way. Mm-hmm. I like that. Where you're also saying, and I matter as well. Right. So the first item of business is you have to change what self-care or what self-love means to you. Hmm. And this is conceptual. This is about buying into a different notion of self-care. And I want you to think about this. When we think about caring for anybody else, if we thought about caretaking for a loved one, if we ta- if we thought about caring about our fellow man or about our community or anything like that we would never deem that selfish so yeah. why do we think that caring for ourselves is somehow an awful thing now ages ago i did a podcast called selfish is the new black <laughs> and it was talking specifically about this whole concept that the word selfish has gotten such a bad rap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily about becoming an asshole. It has the word selfish has become synonymous with being conceited and arrogant and taking care of only yourself. Only or narcissistic. Can- right. Yeah. So I want to kind of flip this idea that when you exercise self-care, you're actually doing something wholesome beautiful, lovely, compassionate, the same way care would be viewed for anybody else in your world. It can also be viewed when it's turned inward. Mm. The same can be said for self-love. We wouldn't ever look at loving your kids, loving your community, loving you know God or whoever, loving your spouse. We would never look at love as a negative thing. Yet when we think about self-love, there's plenty of people who go, oh my gosh, that's so conceited and it's all about me, 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 Mm -hmm. me, me. 
And I want you to understand that when we're talking about truly loving who you are, it is equally as positive and as wholesome as it is when you love externally. We're not saying self-conceit. We're not saying self-elitism or being an elite or I can only be the one who receives love. We're not saying an either or. That's where we get really stuck. It's like either I take care of my family or I take care of myself. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no, no. It's both. We are ha- we have the ability to love multiple people. We we have so much expanse and abundance. It's about balance. Exactly. Yeah. And the same is true for caring for ourselves. And I also want to say that I truly think that when you really start embodying that and putting yourself first and making your own health, your well-being, your mental state, your energy important, people really respect that. Not only that, but it's easier to give. Exactly. You know, it's a lot easier to give when you're, I had someone explain it as giving your heart's overspill. Yep. You know, when you give your reserves, resentment comes with it and all kinds of other emotional states come with it. But if you're Taking care of yourself, it's a lot easier to be like, of course I can do that. Yeah, I got you or, you know, whatever. Exactly. Mm-hmm. When you are taking care of yourself, like when you, even when you think about if I've gotten a really good night's sleep, when I am well fed and nourished and I'm consuming things that are good for my, my body, when I am meditating, when I'm taking care of my physicality, I am such a better coach. I'm a better facilitator and teacher. I'm a better wife. I'm a better best friend, right? And so we need to switch this narrative and change this idea that taking care of ourselves is somehow negative or selfish. And I really want you to understand that constantly and chronically putting everybody in front of yourself is poison disguised as nobility. We we think that it is noble. We think that it is somehow lofty and amazing to be a fucking martyr. And it's not. Because you're depleted. You're not the best version of yourself. And that is permeating itself into all of your relationships. So let's stop trying to be a motherfucking hero and just take care of yourself. Yes. That's the first item of business. And that is a mindset shift. Okay, then we go to number two. I want you to start declining and saying no. That's a hard word for some people. That's right. And I'm going to actually link to a, another podcast specifically on how to say no, because I think that will be helpful for you as well. But this is the deal. A lot of times we will start saying yes, 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 yes to everybody else because we're so afraid of letting them down. And what we are sacrificing in those moments is our time to recharge or our downtime, our time to spend with our spouse or our friends or leisure or self-care or whatever it might be. Hmm. So what I want you to understand, and we actually learned this in coaching school, I totally spaced that we had this exercise, but we had this concept around Every time you say yes to something, you are saying no to something else. Like it's kind of that yin yang, right? Like there's by virtue of one, there must be the other kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So if you are saying yes to everybody else, you are also saying no to yourself. 
If you say, like for instance, for you, if you say yes to putting somebody, a client into your schedule, you are going to be saying no to something else. It might be no to errands that you really needed to run to get ahead for the week. It might be saying no to hanging out with me. It might be saying no to extra time to get stuff done. There is usually something you're saying no to. So I would love for you to start recognizing when I say yes to this person or when I say yes to this thing or this obligation or I don't decline that invite, whatever it might be, what are you saying no to? And I want you to get really clear about that. Hmm, okay. What's it costing you? This is an energetic exchange. So if you are constantly depleting that energy, then you know, what what is that solid cost for you? I really want you to nail that down. Hmm, okay. The third piece is I want you to get time for yourself on the calendar. You've yes. Probably heard me talk about this before. Mm-hmm. And you can do this a number of different ways, but I have a very strong opinion that the things that are the most important to us are either on our calendars or they're on our to-do lists. And if you don't have one of those, you must be my brother. Just kidding. <laughs> my brother, he's visiting this week and I just adore him to pieces, but we joke all the time about scheduling differences. And he's like, no, I'm starting to keep a calendar now. And I'm like, how can you not? Like, I don't, can't wrap my head around that. I know, you have, you have to these days. Yeah. But that is usually where you can see a crystal clear picture of your priorities. So if I were to ask you, what are the most important things in your life? You would probably say, my kids, my family, maybe your spirituality, I don't know, your intimate partnership. And then if you look at your calendar, what are the things that take up the most time? For most of us, it's work, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so then we start going, well, wait a minute, how can I say that my partner is so incredibly important to me and I don't even have a date night on my calendar. It's clearly not on my to-do list. It's clearly not on my calendar. So what happens? It gets pushed to the back burner. The exact same thing is true for time with yourself. I personally prefer to have things that are really scheduled so that I can have that stuff built into my calendar. What that looks like for me is a daily ritual. It's a morning ritual that I do where I do meditation and I do some journaling. And sometimes I fall off the wagon with it, but I try to get back on because I can definitely feel the effects of when I'm not taking care of myself. We were just talking about this the other night and how those things really do help me be a better Amy for everybody else in my world. But I have that little practice. And then I also have my own personal coach that I meet with every two weeks. And that is built into my calendar to make sure that I'm continually growing. Yeah, There are times where I seriously, I book out time for my hair. I book out time to do my nails. I put it in my actual calendar the way I would even if I'm doing my nails, because I, I do, because I'm <laughs> kind of a little bit particular about that. Yeah, you are. So I'm not saying like I book a, a manicure. Yes, do that. That's great too. But if you need to just have decompression time that isn't like you book a meditation appointment, yeah. you need to make that an appointment in your own calendar so that it is sacred. I think the other thing to kind of mention on, on that is 
I think a lot of us are good about putting those types of things in our calendar if we are calendar people. It's just that it's the first thing to go if something else comes up. Mm-hmm. You know, like it'll be on your calendar like, oh, I can move that. Like yeah. it's, the, it's the first thing you move. But the way I try to think about it is you treat it just like you would an appointment with anything else. Yeah. Like if I had an appointment with a client, I wouldn't say, mm, I can move that. That's right. I would be like, well, nope, I can't. That time is taken. Mm-hmm. And be a little bit more disciplined about making sure that I am giving that self-care. Yeah. And not allowing it to get shoveled around mm-hmm. and eventually migrating off of the calendar. Yeah. Right? Keeping it on that calendar is probably the stickiest part for me. I think that a lot of people will probably relate to that. Myself, that's why I'm the voice of the people. That's right. That's, <laughs> thank you for reminding me. <laughs> well, and the, I can certainly relate to that. That's definitely something that I struggle with too. And sometimes I feel like I almost have to dig my heels in and Mm -hmm. say, no, I matter. I'm important. I have to take this nap. I have to take this off my plate. I have to delegate this. I have to postpone in order to take care of myself a little bit better. And you know what I will say too is I really do think we have seasons where – we might be in crunch time. Perfect example would be taxes. Tax season. Mm-hmm. For if you're an accountant or you're in a financial situation, financial advisor, something like that, usually there is a very specific season around taxes that is just survival mode, right? Where you have just got to get through. Yes. So I'm not saying you get a free pass to ignore yourself during that time. But it might not be as rigid or as embellished of a self-care practice during that time as Mm. you would prefer. Yeah. So you might have to scale down a little bit during those times, especially when you're in emergency mode. But the problem happens when you are always in emergency mode, when you never are able to find time for yourself. Amen. And that usually is indicative of saying yes to too many things. So I would start looking at what can you completely say no to? What can you delegate? Mm-hmm. Can somebody else take this on? Right? Like, is there somebody else who can take care of whatever it is that is overwhelming you at the moment? Or can you postpone? to another month, to another year, to another day. Something to create a little bit more ease on yourself. But this whole idea of getting time on your calendar is really important. And once you get going with it, it tends to be something that it's it's easier to maintain. The beginning part is the hardest part. Yes. And I would also say the mind fuck is the hardest part. That's the one I was going to say. Is I think a lot of people, including myself, if you're go-getters and you're always moving, it almost feels like you're being lazy or that people are looking at you like you are lazy if you do take those times. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the first thing you think of when you see somebody napping under a tree at 2 p.m.? I'm like, jealous. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. the first thing is jealousy. <laughs> but but the other part is like, shouldn't they be working? Somebody's getting a massage at 2 p.m. or something like that. Right. right? It's like, well, shouldn't you be at work? There's a balance in there somewhere. You shouldn't be taking all of your time and putting it into those efforts, but you have to put those things into your life. Those self-care moments are super important. 
Well, and it's interesting too, just how American culture is so different with that, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. other countries will take a month off during the summer. Right. Remember when we went to Italy, it was like, God, yeah. done. Oh, yeah. And leisure and rest and even having lengthy meals is important, you know, quality right. time. So we definitely have a societal influence that's unique out here that is definitely to be contended contend with, especially for women, I think, because we have now more than ever in our time, and we've talked about it a lot, I think it's out there during during our times right now, that there's a lot of expectation to be a powerful business, entrepreneurial, spirited woman, and be a brilliant parent and hand make your kids' outfits for Halloween and cupcakes and mm. compare yourself to all those people who do the same and be the sexiest spouse for your partner and have an amazing meditation practice and work on your own spiritual growth. So what I'm saying is that there are so many things stacked against us. And I can't remember who told me this, but they said, yes, you can have it all, but you cannot have it all at one time. And I will say the exact same thing about putting everybody else in front of yourself that, yeah, you can take care of other people, but you can't take care of all of the people all of the time. Because you af- you absolutely have to take care of yourself. I think really what it comes down to is what life you choose. Hmm. For me, it's, it you know, if you choose to be in service of everyone else and not yourself, you have to take that and say, okay, I chose that. Because right. it's easy to, be- to kind of have a martyr persona about it. Like, oh, well, I just take care of everybody else. Like it happened okay. to you. Right. But you chose that. You did. So I think that's really the big piece here is what are your choices saying about how you are showing up in your relationships and in the cho- and then the yeses and nos that you make. That's right. I think that's key. Well, that brings up there's a there is a homework assignment that I give to some of my clients and it's around these sorts of decisions when it's like do I do I quote let my family down and tell them I'm not coming to visit? Mm. Or do I, you know, like, and trying to decide that, right? Uh When it's like, do I put them in front of myself or do I put me? And I will tell them, whatever you decide, I want you to say, I choose fill in the blank. Yeah. Because a lot of times we make up this idea that we don't have a choice. And we don't have a choice because our mom guilt trips us, right? Like, that's what we're saying. I don't have a choice. But what we're really saying is, I don't want to deal with the backlash that I know I'm going to get from that person. So I'd rather make them more important and not rock the boat and do what they want. That's what you're doing. Right. You Which do isn't have the healthiest. You do have a fucking choice. Is it easy all the time? No. Right. It's not. That's right. That's right. All right. So number one, change your concept of what self-care means to you. Number two, start declining and start saying no. Number three, Book out time for you on the calendar, making you important. Number four, have an opinion. This is really a very small, nuanced way that you can start sending yourself that subconscious message that what you want matters. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of really basic examples. Yeah, I need an example. I'm talking about if you're all hanging out at your workplace and your boss needs somebody to stay late. And you really don't want to. 
you've got plans or you've got things going on, yet so-and-so has 15 kids, and so she is always playing that card. And this person over there is dealing with a relative who is severely ailed. So you start going, who am I? I'm single, and I'm da 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 and I really don't want to stay, but I'm just going to go home and hang out by myself and recharge. So what do we do? We start voting on everybody's scenario. Now, I'm not saying that you don't self-sacrifice sometimes. What I'm saying is that if you don't want to stay late that night, have an opinion about it Mm -hmm. and say, you know what? I would really prefer to go home, right? Like you get to have an opinion. Another perfect example is if everybody in your friend's group is like, where do you guys want to go this weekend? And you're like, I don't care. You decide. (laughs) And you're really thinking like, I would really want to go to that water park or I would really love to hit up that new Italian restaurant or, and you just don't say it because why? Because you would feel selfish. Which is a dumb thing to think. No, I'm not going (laughs) to ever tell you it's a dumb thing to think. That's mean. But this is the place for you to start looking and going, wait a minute, what What do I want? What mm-hmm. is my opinion mm-hmm. about this? No, I, I do have a thought about the tactics our team should take. Let's say you're at work and there's, you know, where do you think we should go with this initiative or that? You know, you get to say, hey, I've got thoughts on that. A lot of times when we are chronically putting everybody in front of ourselves, we silence all of who we are. Hmm. A lot of times we shut down our opinions about how business should be run or about where we want to eat that night or about our plans for the weekend. Hmm. You get to have an opinion that is not a dick move. That is just you being vocal, usually when somebody's asking you to be. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Right. So start flexing the muscle of having an opinion and expressing it with grace and kindness. All of this, everything that I'm saying to you, declining or saying no to people, having an opinion, you can do all of this with the utmost grace and kindness. You don't have to be a dick. Like, well, I stayed late last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just say, you know what? I would really prefer to go home at five. I do have some plans. You don't have to tell anybody your plans. Right. I do have some stuff going on. I would really prefer to leave early. Just have an opinion. It's. I'm not saying that you have to event, you know, dig your heels in and say, absolutely, no, I'm not staying. But at least voice what's happening for you as a starting point. My goodness. Okay. Number five, speak up when you're offended. This is another huge yeah. piece of actually saying, I matter, okay? And not putting everybody else in front of yourself. And this is a sticky one. And I've done tons of tons of podcasts on this about truly speaking up for yourself. But I have a personal mantra that I will not allow my silence to make me a liar or to make me complicit with somebody else's thoughts and opinions that I do not share. So for instance, if somebody is in my company and I'm engaging with them and they make a rude comment about, let's say, the LGBTQ community or a transgendered individual or uh, somebody who is handicapped or something like that, I'm not going to just go along with it and be Hmm. quiet to not rock the boat. Now, I'm also probably not going to get into a full-blown conversation, but for my own integrity, I'm not going to let that go. 
So what that usually sounds like is, you know what? I actually find that really offensive. I'm going to just politely excuse myself. Yeah. You don't have to go to bat with this person. Exactly. And go to blows or whatever the metaphor is. But (laughs) Come to blows. (laughs) You, for me, that is really the compass is I'm not going to allow something like that on my watch to seem like it's okay with me. That's what I mean by speak up when you're offended. If somebody, this one drives me nuts. I don't know why this pisses me off so much, but and it's, I, it's never happened to me because I've never been pregnant, but I find it so wildly rude when people want to touch your belly and they don't know you. That is a strange phenomenon. I don't know why this, it just it's one of those societal things that I find just unacceptable. So something like that, again, you don't have to be a dick. But you can say like, oh, I'm just, I'm not super comfortable with strangers rubbing my belly. I truly hope you can understand. (laughs) Speak up when you are offended. Another perfect example. I remember I was coming outside of the post office and somebody was trying to petition me to sign something about getting Obama impeached years ago. And I'm offended by that. So I said, actually, I really don't agree with that. I believe you are uh, barking up the wrong tree. Bye. And I left. You know, I didn't have to be a dick. I didn't have to be an ass. But I just said, I'm not, I'm not on the, I'm not in that boat, dude. Right. So, sorry. So, speak up when you're offended. I had another person proposition me for an organization that was a religious organization. And I said, you know what? I know your intention is to really be pure of heart. I don't share your same beliefs and I cannot put my money behind that. Like, I have just gotten in the habit of, no, what I want matters. What I believe matters. My thoughts matter. My opinions matter. I am allowed to give voice to that just as much as the other person. Yeah. So these are those small ways where you can go, okay, I can start putting myself not even necessarily in front of others, but just as important as others. I matter as much. I deserve to tend to myself as much as I tend to other people. Yes. Number six, ask for help. This is huge. I cannot tell you how many people say, you know, my friends or family, they offer to help me and I don't want to put them out. I don't want to (laughs) be a burden. And that immediately is a red flag to me of self-worth issues. It is, I do not deserve the help. I don't deserve for you to come to my rescue. Everything else must be more important than me. Well, I think there's also a kind of a stigma of being self-reliant. Oh, right. Sure. I'm independent. Yeah, yeah. I, I can do this on my own. And and if you don't and you do get the help, it's almost like, you know, in your head, you make up the story that you appear weaker now to that person because right. you asked for help. And that's a perspective. You could also- That's look, exactly right. It's you, a story. Exactly. You could look at it through the perspective of that person genuinely wants to give me a gift. They actually want to help me. Now, it's a totally different thing if it's somebody who doesn't want to help you. That's not what I'm talking about. Right, right. I'm talking about, about your allies, your competence. You've offered. And I would – exactly. I would be willing to bet that there are people who are begging to be there for you. Yeah. They want to open up to you. They want to take you out to dinner. They want to help you with your move. They want to bring over food. They want to help you. Yeah. And you are not allowing that. Yeah. And that's also a massive 
signal to the universe that you are not willing to receive. And it's a huge piece of manifestation. So if you want more of anything in your life, abundance, relationships, money, whatever, and you are shutting down wealth in other forms, Mm -hmm. you are showing the universe like she will not take it. He will not take it. Don't give it to him. Asking for help, leaning on your allies. And again, that is this is the subconscious message of what I need, what I want, who I am matters. Yes. Period. It's a great message. All right. Number one, change that concept of what self-care means for you and really start attaching to that. Number two, start declining saying no. Number three, book out time for you on the calendar. Shoot for at least one item a week. It could be 10 Mm. minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, something. Just something on the calendar, especially if you don't have anything. Number four, start flexing that opinion in a gracious, kind way. Number five, speak up if you are offended and do it with the utmost grace and kindness. And number six, lean on your allies and or ask for help. Or accept help when it's offered. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Any other final thoughts? No, I think I've uh, I think I've added plenty. I think the the people's voice is rested. <laughs> we rest our case, Your Honor. The voice of the people has rested. So there you go. There are six ways for you to stop chronically putting everybody in front of yourself, and how to do it without being a dick, without being Don't an asshole. Don't be a dick. And I do happen to have a ebook all about that That's that you right. can get completely free. If you go to thejoyjunkie.com slash free, you will find it right there. You can actually get it in audiobook form as well. And it gives you a bunch of different challenges that you can try that help to cultivate finding your voice, standing up for yourself, and having some of that delicious stuff. Yeah, that one for a while. That's, I have. Yeah. And it might go away soon. So you might want to grab that sooner than later. Mm. And with that, I will say we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Ow.